this is Brother Mouse. I'm a first-time poster here on Hacker Public Radio, and today I'll be talking about Tasker, which is a piece of automation software for the Android platform, and it allows you to uh, automate some of your favorite functionality uh, on your Android device. Um, I should tell you, first of all, I have no affiliation with uh, Tasker or Google or HTC or Android or any of those things, so I'm just a, a satisfied customer. So I figured this might be a good topic for HPR because I showed um, Tasker on my phone to a few uh, technical friends and they immediately geeked out and, and uh, bought the app and and started hacking their own phones so I figured uh, that it might be interesting to you guys out there as well. I'll point out that this is a, a paid and closed source app. It costs about five bucks. I am notoriously cheap and I prefer things that are free and open source but I've made an exception uh, because I think that Tasker is that good. Let's look at a few examples of things that can be done with Tasker and, and I'll give you kind of a 35,000 foot view of these um, the first one is something really simple, and it's just something that's missing from Android, as far as I know, at this stage of the game. And that is the ability to silence your phone when you're in a meeting. So this would be useful for anyone who has a scheduled meeting in your Google Calendar, which is, of course, synced to your phone. So the pseudocode for it is basically, hey, Tasker, if I have something scheduled and I'm marked busy, turn the ringer to vibrate. When Tasker exits any given uh, set of tasks, it resets the settings back the way they were when it started. So for example, if I had started this uh, particular task with my ringtone as Metallica or something like that, then uh, I enter the scheduled appointment. You know, I'm marked busy on my appointment. It turns it to vibrate. And then at the end of the appointment, when it's done in an hour or 15 minutes or whatever that is, the Tasker profile exits and resets everything back to the way it was when it started. So you're back to normal. Okay. Let's look at something a little more complicated. Um, and the next one I use to find my phone if I set it down in the house somewhere, okay, and I don't know where it is. Um, this one, the pseudocode says if the phone gets an SMS from a given phone number, in this case my Google Voice account, and it has a certain uh, text in it, let's say I've lost my phone, let's say that that's the text it's looking for, then what it does is, is it turns up the media volume all the way and starts playing the music app. So whatever music I've got queued up in my music app starts playing uh, at full blast in the house. I can just walk around the house until I find it and there it is tucked between the cushions or the dogs laying on it or, or whatever. Now, in my case, I actually do an extra step in there. I, I also turn off Bluetooth just in case I have an earpiece or, or uh, Bluetooth headphones paired up and connected at that moment. It'll still, you know, it'll disconnect them and then start playing out of the speakers. So a little more complicated would be, let's say, that you lost your phone somewhere out in the wild and you don't know where it is or someone walked away with it at a coffee shop or whatever. So uh, pseudocode looks similar to the other one. Let's say that it gets a... SMS from my Google Voice account and now the text is something different. Maybe it is um, find my stolen phone or something. Okay. Then when that criteria is met it 
turns on the GPS, gets a fix, and sends an SMS back to the Google Voice account with the latitude, longitude, battery level, um, anything else uh, that you want to send uh, to the SMS so I know where the phone is at. So uh, it's basically telling you where it's at. Uh, the reason I do it differently in the house is that you know you you know that your phone is in your house in the first scenario, so the uh, GPS location won't really help you. But but it, I've tested this and it works. I haven't had to use it in real life, although I've had to use my phone finder in the house before. So uh, let's talk about another one, and I use this one probably more than anything else. This one is used to turn on the Wi-Fi. Um, basically. This would be useful for anyone who either does not have a data plan, and I don't have a data plan with my phone. It's just I just use Wi-Fi only. Uh, or if you have a data plan, but you've noticed, for example, that 3G uh, kills your battery, then if you are around a known Wi-Fi point, maybe you prefer to use Wi-Fi to 3G just to save battery. So the pseudocode uh, for this looks like if the Wi-Fi is off, every once in a while turn on Wi-Fi, uh, do a scan, and see if I find a particular access point by uh, MAC address or by SSID. If I find this AP, turn on Wi-Fi fully and connect. Then maybe turn on auto-sync and whatever else that is that you want to do. Okay. When I leave this access point, turn off Wi-Fi again. Mine is actually a little bit more complicated because I'm away from my house a lot at work and things like that, and it and it doesn't make a lot of sense for the phone to be turning on Wi-Fi and looking around. Um, so I actually pair that up with another set of criteria, which is if these particular cell towers are visible, um, and it's called uh, cell near. Now, uh, there's another one called uh, net location, which basically means, you know triangulate with cell towers and then look up on an online database about where you probably are, you know, kind of like the assisted GPS thing. Uh, but this one is no data required. It just says, you know, certain cell towers are visible, okay? And that really helps keep the battery use down uh, because it's only checking for my Wi-Fi when I get near my house. The last example I'll share with you um, is highly specific to me, but it, it gives you an idea of how generic and wide-ranging the abilities of Tasker are. Um, twice a week I tutor junior high kids in given topics at their school and we have to stop 10 minutes before the end of every period and do other activities that basically summarize what we've done, you know. Uh, the problem is, is that if you're not watching your watch the whole time or the clock, um, it can be difficult to remember exactly where the 10 minute mark is and it's disruptive to keep looking at the clock. So I've told Tasker that on those two days a week, at this time, this time, this time, and this time during the day, um, pulse the vibrate function on the phone in a certain pattern, you know, or whatever it is that you define, um, so that I know that it's 10 minutes to the end of the class but no one else knows that I've been alerted. So basically, um, I'm working with the kids, and I can I get the signal from my phone, which is in my belt, and I can feel that that distinctive vibrate function. And then when a natural break occurs, 
there in the classroom. I can say, okay, kiddos, now it's time to, you know, yada, yada, yada. So it's, it's kind of trivial, but it has absolutely um, improved my quality of life there in the classroom. So let me share with you a couple of things that I think that Tasker is very clever about that may pique your interest. The first one is that in an example like my multiple criteria turn on Wi-Fi, uh, job earlier where it looks both at the cell towers and at Wi-Fi. It, it, if it has multiple location criteria like that, it starts with the lowest power consumption first. In other words, it looks at the cell towers first to see if it can see them because those are effectively free. The radio in your phone has already looked at the cell towers, so you don't actually have to pay any battery power for that, right? If that's met, then it starts looking for the nearby Wi-Fi. Okay, so in an AND situation, it picks the lowest power consumption first. I just think that that's a bright way to do it. Um, it's, it may be an obvious thing to do, but I think that that uh, is, uh, it illustrates how this author thinks. In addition, uh, these sets of tasks that you can do, um, they can be named and reused. And in, fact, and in fact, you're making your own named functions that you can call from other profiles. So let's say that I want to do the same trick with... Uh, uh, turning on my Wi-Fi, not just at my house, but at other locations around town where I know I have a Wi-Fi feed. So I might have a separate uh, check for that Wi-Fi AP and for those specific cell towers, but when it triggers, it actually calls this stored or this named procedure, uh, this named function called, you know, turn Wi-Fi on or whatever, and it goes through the whole checklist of, you know, turn it on, uh, set my... Um, sleep policy to this, uh, turn on auto-sync, uh, do this, that, the other thing, whatever you want to do. So so I think that's clever. Another clever thing is that not only does it have built-in variables that you can query uh, and use for criteria, but you can also name your own variables. So this particular thing happens, I set this variable called this, and basically send semaphores back and forth between different profiles on the phone. So you can get you know as complicated as you can stand. Another neat thing about the application is that in each one of these you know, a hundred functions, uh, there's a little question, a little help dialog, and you can punch it and it will actually pull up fully documented usage instructions about each one of these context uh, and tasks and everything like that. So you're never forced to go to the website and hold the phone in your hand and look at the website and do your documentation. It actually pushes the documentation down. Um, it used to be stored in the application, but now uh, it's stored on the SD card, so that even frees up more of your internal memory. I just, I just think that that's a really great move by this author. So uh, the author's name is Pent, P-E-N-T, and I think he's somewhere in England because the, um, the pricing of the app uh, is in pounds. Uh, for example, if you buy directly from the author off his website, it's three pounds forty-nine, which is something like five dollars and forty cents. Um, there's also a market version, three pounds ninety-nine. Um, I use the direct version from the author. He says he gets more of the, he gets all the money from that. So I do it that way, and you use ADB to install it. Um, you know, ADB install the name of the APK or use the dash R switch if you're reinstalling that causes it to force uh, reinstall so if any of this sounds interesting um, you can google Android Tasker T-A-S-K-E-R uh, 
and you'll see what comes up. I mean, you'll see his homepage, and he has a very active mailing list um, that he is in every day. There's probably 25 messages or more um, a day, and he's always in there, you know, give and take and updating the, the application, and it's just really good stuff, and I think you should check it out. There's a free trial, so no harm, no foul. Well, I hope this wasn't too painful for a first effort. Uh, if you have feedback, please leave it for me there on the site. I appreciate you listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.